Welcome to Digital Detectives, reports from the battlefront. We'll discuss computer forensics, electronic discovery, and information security issues and what's really happening in the trenches. Not theory, but practical information that you can use in your law practice, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 152nd edition of Digital Detectives. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises, a digital forensics, managed cybersecurity, and managed information technology firm in Fairfax, Virginia. And I'm John Simic, vice president of Sensei Enterprises. Today on Digital Detectives, our topic is seven use cases where AI can be a hero to digital forensics. Our guest today is Shashi Angadi, the CTO at Xtero and one of the original co-founders of Xtero. Shashi focuses on the technology direction, vision, and innovation at Xtero to sustain the challenges of the legal GRC industry. Since the beginning of Xtero, Shashi has been leading the technology innovation engine at Xtero with disruptive innovations for the legal GRC industry using AI and other advanced technologies. Shashi has been instrumental in transforming Xtero from a four-member team to an industry leader in the legal GRC space. Welcome to the podcast today, Shashi. John and Sharon, thanks for having me on this podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Shashi, why don't we get started here and why don't you provide our listeners with a little background about yourself and your primary duties as the CTO of Xtero. So my name is Shashi Darangadi. I am the Chief Technology Officer at Xtero. I am one of the original co-founders of the company. You know, I am an undergrad computer science degree from Bangalore University and an MBA from Rice. Before starting Xtero, I worked in large corporations like US Bank, consulted for companies like Nike, Xerox, AutoZone. At Xtero, I ran the technology and strategy for the organization. I mean, it includes mainly product architecture, engineering, infrastructure services, security, and compliance. I also look at new opportunities and innovative solutions to transfer the, transform the business and keep it ahead of the competition. I live in beautiful Sarasota, Florida with my wife and two kids. When did Xtero begin using artificial intelligence and what were its functions initially? When we started looking at, you know, the data and when Xtero started moving into, you know, providing solutions in the data, legal, legal GRC and the data arena, so a couple of things came to our mind, right? One, I think you can consider it as a motto or how we look at, you know, problems and how we look at, you know, providing solutions to our customers. One is do more with less. And the second one is get to the facts of the case faster, cheaper, easier. Both of these things are related. And also you know, our topic of discussion today about AI use cases. Why I want to mention this is, you know, so over the past you know, few years, I mean, the data has explosion has happened. So think about it, right? So you two years back, you went and purchased your iPhone or your computer. People were talking about in gigabytes, right? You would have a eight gigabyte, eight gigabyte phone or a sixty-two, you know, sixty-four gigabyte phone. But today, when you look at it, I mean, all the phones are about you know five hundred and twelve GB or two terabytes, and you know even the computers are the same. Any other devices, you know, go with the same thing. You know, they can carry a lot of data and they have a lot of processing power. But if you look at from an investigation department on forensics or IT security and infrastructure or you know, within e-discovery itself, so the budgets have not grown you know, 100, 200, 300%, and even the number of personnel that deal with this you know, day-to-day are not increased as well, right? But 
how do you go back and really, you know, make sure that you can do your work with the limited amount of budget you have? So that's when we started realizing, you know, so we'll use the you know, computing power, the processing power that exists. And also, basically, what we can look at is AI for some of these solutions where we can, you know, process, you know, this data. I mean, as fast, how much ever it grows, we would be able to process it quickly and also, you know, with uh, a lot of scaling power, right? And that's when we said, you know, we are going to start using AI and provide those solutions for our customers. And initially when we started, I mean, the basic fundamental things we brought up is about, uh, you know, document classification clustering. That time, you know, those were the simple algorithms that were available. And somewhere where it gave the investigators and the people who work either in e-discovery or in forensics or IT security start off at a certain place, right? And then, you know, gradually we built on the forensic side, we built something called as, you know, image recognition. So where you can literally go back and classify images. And also you can uh, search them, you know, in uh, layman terms, you know, get me all the images which have guns in them or, you know, come get me all the images with cars with the license plates. I think those are some of the, you know, quick wins we started, we started with. But again, we have been, you know, innovating and getting to a lot of other, you know, use cases using AI. Let's talk about the six use cases where AI is a hero to digital forensics. So why don't we start with automated log analysis? As an engineer, as a CTO, and also as working in the security arena as well, I mean, log analysis is the lifeline of any IT infrastructure or security teams, and even for engineering teams as well. Today, I mean, you know, you have application logs, you know, you have, you know, system logs, and you have different operating systems, you have firewalls, you have networks, you have event logs that, you know, uh, uh, computers generate. There is so much of logs that are generated, but at the same time, you know, so you cannot go back and look at them manually. So back in the days when there was, you know, client-server applications, flat client applications, that was all great. But now we are talking about multiple devices, all heterogeneous operating systems. And then you're talking about the cloud and, you know, other data sources. So when you look at the whole thing, I mean, it's going to be impossible for any human beings to go through those logs to find problems. So where AI you know, can come up with is something like, you know, an anomaly detection, right? So you can have some models that you build where you can literally look at the patterns of what these logs are generating and look at whether there were potentially security breaches or there were system failures or critical issues that require immediate attention, right? And then, you know, AI can be always used to something like the log imputation, right? So sometimes, you know, there could be missing entries. I mean, it all depends upon how much of information that could be, you know, provided by the developer, right? So sometimes, you know, there could be missing, but how do you go back and look at what really went wrong, right? So AI can help you to plug in some of those values for you, right? And also, you know, there is something like, you know, realistic log data generation. So there are generative models that can help build some of these logs and synthetic log files and all that stuff for training your own algorithms. And then there is contextual analysis, right? So when you want to go back and understand what really went wrong, whether it's in your operating system, whether there was a threat of, you know, cyber incident, you need a timeline of the entire logs that were, when the logs were generated, right? The timelines would give exactly what happened, when, where it happened. So some of these things, you know, it's tough for us to, you know, generate manually. I mean, that's when AI really plays a crucial role to, you know, come up with, you know, some of the things that I described earlier. 
overall, I mean, when you look at AI with log analysis, it could improve, you know, the reliability of your systems for your end user. I mean, it could maintain, you know, security posture, especially in cloud computing environments to prevent data breaches. And overall, I think important business decision making is going to be, you know, very useful with this log analysis. Well, it sounds very fascinating, but it is, of course, the biggest thing, I think, but maybe not the only thing. And certainly one of the things we have seen is AI begin to become involved in being a part of the malware scene. It's amazing how fast that happened. How are you operating with respect to malware detection? What are you doing? Originally, I think, you know, so from a malware detection, I think, you know, so the legacy systems would be, you know, looking more at a signature-based detection, right? So you're looking at a hash, you're looking at, you know, some sort of a database to see whether it's a malware. I mean, you would be looking at some checksumming and, you know, application, you know, allow listing or some of those, you know, passive, you know, technologies. But I think what has happened recently, I, I don't know, I mean, if you have looked at, you know, the talks, project that I was like the Mac of engineers going into dark web and they literally found out a malware generation toolkit. So hackers are becoming so sophisticated. I mean, they're running like a, a big enterprise where, you know, you can go and they sell this malware ransomware toolkits where you can people can generate and pay them off through, you know, Bitcoin accounts and things like that. So that means, so you can't go with some sort of a static method, right? So always you need to look at, you know, something like, a, you know, dynamic where you have dynamic methods where you have, you know, all these algorithms analyzing, you know, so what this, how analyzing based on the behavior of your network, right? So also looking at whatever, you know, whether there is a malicious activity happening. So some of these things, you know, from a malware detection. So what I, what I call it as, you know, so there is something like a good behavior versus a bad behavior, right? Analysis. So you cannot just do an analysis on the bad behavior, looking at, oh, these are, looks, there is something going on in the network and I'm going to go back and isolate this malware or something like, you know, there's a system, there's a software which is behaving maliciously. I'm going to, you know, take that out. I think there are newer models, which, you know, we are looking for is to understand what are the good behaviors, because as I said, people can generate malware. Anybody can pick up that malware toolkit and start generating. So instead of going against the bad behavior and understanding them, let's look at what are the good behaviors of the system because we know from an IT infrastructure and security, what are the systems that are allowed and what is going to be your patterns in terms of our network and access and everything. And then let's build a model and anything that doesn't fit into this model, the A model, probably has, is a bad actor, right? I think those are some of the things that we are, you know, looking for. So rather than trying for, you know, what we used to call it as malware trapping, now we can effectively start going out and doing a threat hunting. I mean, that's what, you know, everybody is looking for. So that's where, you know, some of the places, you know, we might, we are looking at, you know, building some of these models and augmenting the cybersecurity use cases that our forensic toolkits provide. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Get civil and you get a fast, custom-built website that looks great, brings you clients, and drops them right into your firm's systems. Civil partners perfectly with small firms by building the fastest sites in legal, handling digital marketing, enhancing your leads, and providing transparent analytics. They're civil to your other tech, too. Civil websites integrate with all legal case management systems, including Clio, Smokeball, MyCase, and Lawmatics. 
Get a free site audit with a no-obligation 15-minute demo about what Civil can do for your website. GetCivil.com. That's G-E-T-C-I-V-I-L-L-E.com. All rise with Civil. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our topic is seven use cases where AI can be a hero to digital forensics. Our guest today is Shashi Angadi, the CTO at Xtero and one of the original co-founders of Xtero. Sashi focuses on the technology direction, vision, and innovation at Xtero to sustain the challenges of the legal GRC industry. Since the beginning of Xtero, Sashi has been leading the technology innovation engine at Xtero with disruptive innovations for the legal GRC industry using AI and other advanced technology. He has been instrumental in transforming Xtero from a four-member team to an industry leader in the legal Legal GRC space. Well, Sashi, can you talk a little bit about how the artificial intelligence is, is applied to image and, and video analysis? One of the things that we use AI and some of these things that we are building in our product, one would be the you know, media identification classification. What I mean by that is, you know, so you can train and identify and categorize, right? So the types of multimedia files, right? So images, audio recordings, media recordings. I mean, within, you know, audio recordings, I mean, we might be, you know, looking for whether it's going to be, you know, a message that is left on a voicemail or it's coming off of some audio from a phone conversation. I mean, we will be able to identify some of these things. And also, you know, within the videos itself, right? So, you know, whether it's going to be, you know, based on, you know, language detection of the video. So we can go back and look at, you know, and classify them, right? So different languages based on those videos. And this this basically helps to, you know, organize, right? So when we look at evidence, as I said, there is so much of data explosion. So whether it's audio, video, you know, think about, right, number of selfies, images, all the stuff, you know, on your phones. So it will make the easier for the investigators to, you know, focus on relevant materials. I mean, they could get rid of junk. I mean, they can just focus on something that is more relevant. And the second one would be, you know, duplicative and uh, similar image detection. So there's a lot of images which are similar. I mean, again, you know, as I said, we need to get to the facts of the case, you know, faster, you know, cheaper and easier. And you could have a lot of images that are duplicates. I mean, some of them can, can come from your phone. Some of them can come up from your computers, but they are all the same images. Some of them can be basically resized, right? So identifying those duplicate images and you know, getting rid of them, I mean, we, have, we can all be, maybe it's all going to be done through some sort of an AI, you know, um, algorithms there. Audio transcription and analysis, again, so speech recognition, you know, so making it, you know, we can transcribe them into audio recordings, you know, so for, you know, people to search and analyze spoken content, right? So key phrases, you know, how we can customers look at, you know, free key phrases within, you know, the audio video investigation. Some of those things are also, you know, there are algorithms that, you know, are available and, you know, we are using them to, you know, do some of this analysis as well. 
Sashi, how can you use AI in natural language processing to identify suspicious patterns? How does that happen? Multiple ways. When you look at, you know, when you talk about natural language processing, it's, uh, you know, uh, basically analyzing a text-based data, emails, chats, documents, and all that stuff, right? So text analysis and entity recognition. Really, what I mean by that is named entity recognition. What I mean by it is, you know, someplace, you know, there is a person, right? So, you know, somebody might be calling me Shashi. Somebody might be calling us Mr. Rangadi. Somebody might be calling me Shashi Rangadi. I mean, there is CTO or Mr. Rangadi. But how do you identify this is all pointing to the same source, right? So, you know, even sometimes in the document, it could be, you know, somebody saying it is he, she. So identifying some of these entities and, you know, you can also look at organizing them into, you know, places, events, and all that is involved in a case and tying them together, right? So how do you tie them all together? That's one of the use cases that, you know, natural language, using natural language processing, I mean, we are, you know, building. And sentiment analysis, right? So it's an emotional, you know, determining the an emotional tone of the text constant, uh, context, the content, right? So one of the things that I can give an example is, you know, let's say somebody's talking, you know, the word bomb can mean a lot of things, right? So I can go back and talk about, so the movie bombed at the box office. I mean, <laughs> there is a bomb in that particular sentence as well. And the context, how it is used, right? And also somebody can say the movie theater was bombed. I mean, the context is completely, you know, different, right? I mean, it's the same word. I mean, you cannot just go by, you know, when you're looking at analyzing a lot of this data, you cannot just go by some keyword searches and all that stuff. Really, I think you need to look at, you know, what is the context that is being seen and all that stuff. So that's, those are some of the things that NLP can provide. And then again, you know, language translation, right? So there is so many multilingual communications might be happening because this is a global world. I mean, there are people communicating across the globe and uh, they could be talking multiple languages. I myself, you know, can speak, you know, five languages. So when you're looking at it, how do you understand what are those messages, right? So what is being talked about? So within those language translation, I mean, NLP can, you know, come in there and aid, right? So, and make, make the life of a very investigator very easy, right? Also, there is something called as text summarization, right? You have so many documents. Let's say you have a thousand page document or you have thousands of emails, chats. When you go back and look at it, what are these are all talking about? Is this even relevant, right? So you can come up with some sort of a summarization. So AI algorithms can do that for you. So you can understand really what is happening on the case, right? So those are some of the things, you know, so which are there, but there are multiple of, you know, other use cases. So, but uh, predominantly, you know, some of these things, you know, we have been actively working on and those are some of the things that, you know, is happening within the forensic industry. Can AI be used to identify other patterns? For example, those of us that have spent way, way, way too much time looking at Wireshark dumps. <laughs> how, <laughs> how, how, that and, well, I'm, I'm old enough, I remember Network General Sniffer dumps too. But um, <laughs> how, how can AI be used in network traffic analysis to prevent cyber attacks? One thing, I mean, as I spoke earlier, again, you know, anomaly detection, right? 
So AMI A models can learn, you know, normal patterns of network traffic and, you know, they could really, you know, understand and detect anomalies that deviated from expected behavior. I mean, when we run, we know exactly within the U.S. our systems and, you know, how the behavior is, where the data is coming from, where the transfer is occurring and all that stuff. And suddenly you start you seeing unusual spikes, I mean, traffic patterns or suspicious activities. I mean, then potentially there could be a, you know, cyber attack, right? So some of those things, I mean, you know, could be done using AI. I'll just give one more example. I mean, you know, so of late, I mean, you could have heard about the SIEM and the SOAR, right? Solutions where everybody wants to do something proactive. One of the things that, you know, we provide, I mean, we, you know, our customers deploy a lot of our endpoints, FTK endpoints on computers and everything. And whenever they see some sort of an anomaly happening on one of the devices, right? So they have this uh, SOAR playbook, which technically, you know, they can go back and really understand what's really going on this machine. I mean, there is some unusual activity and they can take off the machine, you know, out of the you know, network and uh, start analyzing what was really going on, right? So this all can be done through, you know, AI. And one next one would be, you know, traffic classification. So depending upon the right of, you know, protocols and user behavior and all that stuff, I mean, obviously, you know, maybe you can, people you leverage it to do, you know, bandwidth optimization. There is packet inspection, deep packet analysis. I mean, as I said, you know, cyber attacks are becoming more sophisticated. I mean, people can, you know, go back and put something within your packets. I mean, you know, you can go back, analyze, really is this, you know, the right thing or not, right? So there's so much of data. I mean, human eyes cannot see it. Or, you know, even if you write it in a log file, I mean, you cannot analyze some of those things, right? And also, you know, something bad happens. I mean, in a cyber incident occurs, I mean, or you could, you know, try to generate, you know, what I call it as traffic forensics. So when you're trying to do post-incident analysis, you could literally try to reconstruct some of this network traffic. I mean, what were the patterns, you know, leading up to this incident, you know, so that you can come up with, you know, root cause and impact, right? Again, you know, so end of the day. So, I mean, there's tons of use cases that you could do with AI. I mean, to keep, you know, your organization safe, you know, especially from uh, cyber activities and that network traffic analysis is, you know, one of them, one of the use cases that it's going to be predominantly used. You've sold me, Sashi, on the fact that (laughs) AI is a vital component in gathering evidence. But to move to another example, can you use AI for forensic triage? Absolutely, right? Whenever a case comes and you want to start collecting the data, right? So, I mean, if, if it's uh, AI, right, when I talk about within your network, I already you know, touched upon it a little bit. So you can, you know, understand, identify, you know, if there are models, you know, so you could identify and potentially collect, you know, digital evidence, you know, proactively, you know, from various sources, you know, so computers, mobile devices, cloud storage network, right? And also, you know, it helps in evidence prioritization, right? So... Quickly, you can do some sampling of data, understand, you know, how, what is, you know, this case all about, right? So really just take some relevant pieces and at least, you know, the investigators can get even a good start, right? So rather than trying to collect everything, figuring out what's going on, so they can go back and really start 
get a head start, right? So uh, rather than trying to still end up figuring out what else to collect. And again, you know, so when they go back and analyze this data, so it could come up and say, hey, look, this person had one phone. I mean, I based on what I can see from the model here, this person has been talking. I mean, maybe it's not just one device, but he's using multiple devices. So AI is going to, you know, provide some of those solutions. So where, you know, missing pieces of information, you can go back and, you know, start, you know, collecting, right? Which, you know, you may never otherwise never know and all. And obviously, you know, media analysis, you know, so we talked about multimedia, you know, images. And also, you know, there was something about, you know, CSAM images or nudity, which is there. So people won't, don't want to see it. You can flag them and all that stuff. So you could do all those things. Obviously, you know, hash matching, hash matching and data deduplication. So you don't have to go back and do a lot of those things. And I mean, there's tons of things, right? So I think, you know, so quickly to, as I said, the whole motto is to get to the facts of the case faster, cheaper, easier. I mean, AI is going to be one of those tools where, you know, very important in terms of, you know, triaging. Right. So if it provides a data timeline, you know, so it reconstructs about timelines or, you know, how things happen. So it gives a head start for the investigators. Well, before we move on to our final segment, let's take a quick commercial break. A website from Civil fills your new client pipeline. Prospects find you through powerful SEO and smart intake forms make it easy to integrate with Clio, Smokeball, Lawmatics, and MyCase. Never lose another lead. Get your Civil bundle. Website, SEO, content marketing, and Google Business Profile Management, free for 60 days from the legal industry's best end-to-end lead generation platform. Book your demo at getcivil.com. That's getcivill.com. Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our topic is seven use cases where AI can be a hero to digital forensics. We've introduced Sashi before, so I'm going to do the condensed version here. Our guest is Sashi Agati, the CTO at Xtero and one of the original co-founders of the company. Sashi focuses on the technology direction, vision, and innovation at Xtero to sustain the challenges of the legal GRC industry. My final question, Sashi, is in your opinion, what effect is generative AI going to have on digital forensics over time? And I know that's kind of a crystal ball thing, but <laughs> let's, let's, let's say the next, gosh, maybe we'd be rich if we could forecast the future, right? Um, but what about the next, let's say, six months to a year? Yeah, I mean, probably, I mean, we will not be able to get to, you know, similar to Minority minority Report. <laughs> uh, I know if you have seen <laughs> yep, that movie yep. there. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but, you know, certainly, I think, you know, so... What we can, you know, even think about it, right? So is, you know, the generative UI, I mean, they'll be able to analyze data and patterns in historic data to protect crimes before they happen, right? So, or any, you know, issues, right? So just uh, let's think about, you know, what happened in the Paris, you know, riots, right? Something happens, you know, so some incident happened and, you know, entire rioting started happening, right? I mean, how did this start, right? So probably, you know, they started off with some WhatsApp messages or something from social media, something happened, right? And, you know, obviously, you know, similarly, I mean, things have happened, you know, within the U.S. itself, right? And after the elections, before the elections, whatever, right? So I think one of the key things, you know, so at least, you know, when there are any red flags, right? So people would be able to look at and say, hey, what is this going impact and what are the things? I mean, that gives a good edge, right, for this law enforcement community to, you know, 
put things in place so that, you know, they can avoid all the damage that could occur, right? So that's one of the things that, you know, we think would happen. You know, obviously there is, you know, crime analysis. I mean, you have all this historical data, historical case, probably it can, you know, help law enforcement to come up with and say, maybe this is similar to a certain case. Maybe you need to look at, you know, collecting certain, you know, a certain types of evidence or you can take a certain path, right? And also one of the things, you know, so it could happen is, you know, so on the audio, right? If the audio is not right, how do you go back and enhance the audio to understand what really was being spoken, right? Sometimes, you know, you don't get the full audio. So what might have been really spoken? I mean, you're looking at, you know, images, right? So at a certain given instance, if you have somebody, you know, taken an image, I mean, there is something in the background and there is partially, you know, partial image was there. So you can complete that image and really get a context of what really was happening there. Right. So the same thing with video. And also you have all this, you know, CCTV footage. I mean, some of them could be garbled. Some of them may not be really visible. I mean, those, I, I, how do you enhance those things, you know, to, uh, you know, for the, within the investigation? I mean, those things will be there. I think some of these things are great. I mean, you know, for the investigation on the flip side, I mean, I know you've been hearing about, you know, deep fakes, right? Where, you know, people can create a false narrative, you know, they can generate a video as if or audio of some person. I mean, people can believe that this was happened by, you know, somebody said something, right? Which may not be true. I mean, those things will show up. I mean, I think, you know, so we have to, you know, the, the good actors have to, you know, build, uh, again, AI to beat the bad AI, right? So, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, so yeah, generative AI has shown a lot of great things, but again, you know, there'll be a lot of bad things going to come out of it. But I think end of the day, I feel, you know, the good actors will prevail and it's going to be a challenge, but I think it's going to present a lot of, you know, opportunities as well. You're right about the challenge, and certainly we're going to see it within the next couple of years. (laughs) That's for sure. John had asked you, Sashi, about the next six months and year. I mean, going further out, I mean, we've seen a lot of people say it's only going to move a certain distance in the next six months to a year. But where do you see AI going with digital forensics after that? I think it's going to be, you know, everything's kind of becomes, you know, proactive, right? So this is the time of now, right? So especially in the cybersecurity and space, I think there is going to be a lot of, uh, you know, uh, improvements there, right? So because because the attacks are going to become more sophisticated and, you know, the proliferation of data is going to be pretty huge. So there are, you know, different mobile systems are going to, the systems are going to come in, right? And you're not just talking about computers and mobile phones now. You're looking at smart devices, you know, the, your iPhone, and uh, sorry, your uh, you know Apple watches, and also you're looking at drones and IoT devices, medical devices. I mean, there's a whole slew of things that are going to come in. So you need to be able to analyze, you know, that data as well. So, but I mean, they are all still we are touching the surface here. But I think AI is going to you know help you know in some of uh, you know analyze some of this uh, data as well. As I said, in the cybersecurity, I think, you know, so threat hunting, I mean, you know, people will become more proactive, systems will show up, systems will come where, you know, they can effectively and, you know, try to eliminate all this, you know, cyber incidents from happening. I think this has just started now, right? I think, you know, so every time, I mean, we can't just, you know, come in and say this is at a mature phase. I mean, this has just started. I think this is going on. This, this will go on for, you know, a few more years. 
Well, I have no doubt of that. We've so much enjoyed having you with us, and and you certainly have hammered into our heads that things will be faster, easier, and cheaper. We we got that line down. Um, (laughs) But my favorite line of today was, there's so much human eyes cannot see. And last night, John and I actually watched the movie, I, Robot, and that movie sort of stands for that proposition that there's so much the human eyes cannot see. So I think you've taught us a lot about what might be coming in the future for AI and it's you know it is sort of remarkable and it was wonderful to have a guest who is so very knowledgeable in all of this so thank you so much for being with us Sashi today thanks uh, you know Sharon and thanks John I have been uh, a fan of digital detectives I mean whenever I go and look at I mean a lot of knowledgeable articles knowledgeable in a podcast I mean I increase my uh, knowledge every single time when I you know look at uh, new things out there So awesome work from both of you guys. I mean, uh, and uh, thanks for having me today. Well, that does it for this edition of Digital Detectives. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or an Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find more about Sensei's digital forensics, managed technology, and managed cybersecurity services at SENSEIENT.com. We'll see you next time on Digital Detectives. Thanks for listening to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Check out some of our other podcasts on LegalTalkNetwork.com and in iTunes.